Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Mighty Boy Chi-Chi, a sex expert a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. I am Ladyboy Gigi, and I have Paul with me tonight. Hey, guys. <laughs> And you're listening to Adult Bedtime Stories. On this episode, we're going to be talking about our recent live Aphrodite's Temple Gatherings at Pagan Festivals and giving a little bit of a recap of what went on and what we did put together for the festivals and just a little bit of information about what it's like to be at a modern-age sex temple. Before we get into our topic tonight, I would like to let you know that we were late on this podcast by a week. We had a lot of unpacking to do and resting up after doing two temples one week apart. And so, on to our topic tonight. I know Paul did his first workshop at this festival and did a really good job on it. So we'll be going over a little bit of that during the show, as well as some of the things that we put on. And I'd like to kind of start just by giving a little bit of a recap of some of the activities we had going on. On one day, I put on a workshop. It was about a two-hour workshop on body image healing. And then Paul put on a workshop on healing tr from trauma. And then we also had a very special ritual, a celebration of pleasures. And then, of course, every night we had temple open for adult playtime. Even though it was a little bit chilly, we did get people playing on some nights. Some nights it was a little too chilly to get naked. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> but we did have a really good time. And I'm going to let Paul talk about his workshop a little bit. Yeah, I had a really good time putting on my workshop and like Gigi said, this is the first workshop I've ever done. And I remember when it began, I was feeling kind of nervous and self-conscious. But then everyone was talking, and I 
said, okay, guys, come together. Let's calm down. Let's calm down a little bit. And, like, the fact that everyone listened to me and, like, was paying attention to me really boosted my confidence. And I didn't feel self-conscious throughout the rest of the workshop. And uh, my workshop was over healing trauma because that's been one of the biggest things that I've gotten out of training with Gigi. And it was really, really special to me because I was able to inspire a lot of people to share their stories and share some of their coping mechanisms that helped them. We went over different methods of grounding and how to recognize trauma and how trauma looks different to all of us. And sometimes you're not even aware how much the the things that have happened in the, the past are affecting you. And it really was very, very powerful. And lots of people shared and it got emotional and raw. And I think it was a, a very healing experience for a lot of people, which is what I wanted it to be. And some of the people sharing from their own stories like really inspired me. And I was there to teach people, but I also learned through doing this workshop, which is one of the things that is really magical and powerful about the workshops that we do in Aphrodite's Temple. I think it's always a chance for us to learn from each other. So yeah, I thought it was really, really powerful. And I was very proud of myself after I did it. So yeah. And then we also put on body image healing workshop, which I've been doing for years. And we did it a little bit more interactively this time, which I'm really kind of leaning more towards because I like getting, not just getting up and lecturing, but having kind of an interactive approach to these workshops. It gets more personal and more, I think, it does provide a lot more healing. I know that a lot of people got a lot out of the body image healing workshop that I did. It was very powerful. And we had one person come in that she wanted to just sit in and soak it in, not say participate much. And I'm always good with that. And I think everybody got took away some really good things from that workshop. And what were some of your observations of the body image healing? So I think it was really, really powerful. I, I think that everyone wound up crying at some point because I, I think that body image is one of the big things that a lot of people suffer in our modern society and the way the culture has cultured us to be with all of the images that you see in the magazines and on TV. And and those people have makeup crews and there's so much Photoshop. And those people don't even look the way that they look. And so I think that it's a it's a struggle for a lot of people to just look normal in, in this day and age. And one of the things with the body image healing that comes up when, so like part of doing the, the workshop is that people volunteer to stand up and people share what they see in the people in the crowd and people take turns just going and basically complimenting people. And one of the things that I thought was really powerful about it was there were several groups of people who came together and listening to them talk about each other, even though they were strangers, like to get the insights from what the people that were close to them saw in them and like how much it affected them helped you 
learn who the people were in the workshop. And I think that it was a very bonding experience for everyone. I think people felt really connected after that, even though many of us had just met that day. So I thought that was really powerful. I think one of the really special times is when we do our rituals at Temple. We did this ritual on a celebration of pleasures. And too often in our culture, our focus, especially with sex, is on our goal of reaching an orgasm. And I think by doing a celebration of pleasure and really focusing in on pleasuring ourselves, whether it's through food or taste or touch or smells or whatever, when we can really focus in on the pleasure, it's, it makes things much richer and in the moment. And I think that one of the things that really came out of that workshop for me was just seeing people all of a sudden letting their hair down, so to speak, and and not being so conscientious about themselves and really opening up. We even had one participant who actually was open to being an exhibitionist for the first time. And that was very exciting and beautiful. <laughs> I think the other thing that really came out of it was just some of the elements of people really focusing in on what they're experiencing at that moment. And one of the things I did was I, I have some molds of vulvas and penises. So I poured some chocolate penis molds with nuts in the nuts <laughs> and some vulvas. And we pass those out. And that, that was very amazing to be able to enjoy some the pleasures of some exotic foods and tastes and things that really kind of set a new tone for the ritual. What were some of your observations from the ritual? I thought it was really interesting because we did two different pagan festivals two weeks apart. And we did this ritual at both of them. And one of the things that was really powerful to me is noticing how different the two rituals wound up being. A lot of what happens in temple, each time we're in temple, is completely different because there are different participants there who are exploring different things and seeking out different experiences for the night. And uh, the first pagan festival we went to, that ritual was more about camaraderie and talking and laughing and, and, and joking. And we did cuppings and we had food and it was more just camaraderie and really getting together and talking and, and bonding and sharing. And then when we did the ritual at the second pagan festival we went to, it was a lot more sensual and a lot more sexual. And it was really, really powerful. It was the right mixture of people and energy where me and Gigi got a chance to play, because sometimes we need to be more present and watching, but that night everyone was just had the right energy that me and Gigi could play. And then there were a couple of other partnered people that played. And that was the night that the one person like got to experience being an exhibitionist for the first time. And it was really exciting for them. And they were just talking about how powerful it was and how like healing it was in their relationship and how they wanted to really experience that again. And it was just really, really powerful. 
I think that's one of the things I love about running Aphrodite's Temple. I always go, when I was in social work, I had a professor say, start where the client is. And that's kind of my guiding philosophy with Temple. I start with the energy, where the energy is, and let it go where it wants to. I don't try to make things happen. I just create the safe space, a container where people can go where they want to go with it. And I think that's one of the things I love about Temple is that in our modern day culture, we have to put all these different faces on and we have to put our guards up and put on presentations for other people. And when I run Temple, a lot of times just the way I run it, all that drops down and the energy just transforms and you never know if it's going to be this kind of camaraderie like Paul said, or I've had times when before I could even start Temple, people were like fucking and having good sex and just, whoa, <laughs> it was incredible. And I think both are incredible. It's just so amazing to see people open up and let down the shields. Any other thoughts? Yeah. So, like, I think that it's very interesting because this is the first time we've been able to have live temple, temple in person. And it was very clear to me that everyone really needed it and really wanted it because people have been so touch-deprived over the last couple of years with COVID and having to be careful. And I think that since we've been able to get vaccinated and the the numbers have gone down quite a bit, even with the, the Delta variant, and it's it's safe to start getting out and connecting with people again. And seeing people be able to embrace their bodies, embrace their sexuality, embrace just the desire to be around other people again and share parts of themselves that they haven't been able to share in the last couple of years was really, really powerful to me. And I think that I felt a shift in the energy when we were out there and i i know that it really was very magical for a lot of people uh, at the first festival i even got to connect with a cutie that was real sweet and had a great night and a great moment with them so i had such a blast out there i'd like to kind of come in on some of the Nights where we didn't really have anything set up, but except normal temple play for adults. And that's kind of a magical time to me, just kind of opening up temple and saying, hey, we're here, let's enjoy. And we had a, one night where it, wasn't, it was a little on the chilly side. But we got into some pretty deep conversations, and sometimes that can be very special, too. I know that for me, it was just this kind of sense of, for the first time, I set up a fire pit inside of Temple. We've got the sky above us, and at this campground, we've got a huge privacy fence all around Temple. And so... We have one little area where we don't have the tree canopy right above us, so I set up a little small campfire, and we sat by the campfire and just had discussions and talks and and everything. It was the last night of the temple, and everybody had been partying hard and having a good time, and it was kind of a wind-down night. And that, those are kind of special, too. There's other times when I've been at Temple where Saturday night was like, 
oh, last night, let's get some partying in before it's over. <laughs> and it can go like crazy in Temple. But it was kind of nice to have a laid back night for the last night. And it was just a very touching and special time for me. I think one of the times that was really powerful to me is so, so the first night that we had gotten to ESA, we didn't really have temple. We hung out around the rebels fire where most of the people were hanging out. And we got in a conversation with uh, someone that would come and have a really important moment in temple the next night. And I think like we had a conversation and a talk with them that they were going through some things. And I think that being able to be there for them that night and talking to them and like helping them process things really opened it up so that they could have the really powerful experience the next night that was just really, really incredible for them. And I think that like one of the things that's really magical about the work that we do at Temple is that we understand that there is this process that people need to go through. And sometimes it has multiple steps. When you see something really powerful for someone, it's easy to forget about all the steps that led them to that breakthrough. And getting to be there for multiple steps that led up to that breakthrough was really, really powerful for me. And it like helped me learn a little bit more about the the power of the work that we're doing. I know that for me, a big part of doing the workshops during the day is helping people process before they come into Temple to play. And we live in such a sex-negative culture. It's like there are all these kind of culturated barriers that sometimes we're not even aware we're putting them up. And it can be so damaging and and restraining on us. And to see some of this just melt away and open the doors to just being able to celebrate our bodies, our sexual bodies, and in a group setting, and know that we're safe. Like I say, we provide a safe container, and and we do a lot of magic work around that container to make it safe and we post rules and we post different ways to communicate. Don't just jump into somebody's scene, meet people in the social area. And when people are playing, if they want you to join them, they'll invite you in and respect each other's boundaries and play safe. So I think it really helps setting up that safe container where people can come and play and know that they are in a safe space and a protected space. One of the things that was really powerful for me is at both CMA and NDSA, there were different times that we needed help from other people that were there. And there were always people willing to to help out. Uh, at CMA, we had this old stage that had been built underneath the, the shed that we, we have our temple in. And it's been getting worse throughout the years. And it was made out of some material that made it unsafe. And we were under the impression that it had been torn apart on one of the work weekends. And when we got there, it, it was still there, and we were surprised that it was still there. But several people came to help us tear it up and tear it apart and stack the pieces in a safe place, and we were able to make sure that it was going to get taken away on one of the next weekends. 
But it, when we had this need, people just showed up to help. And that was really powerful for me. And the same thing at, at ESA, it was more with setup that people were there to help us. And I think that's one of the things that makes these alternative communities really powerful is how everyone gets together and works together to make the event better and make everything better. I think when we help out each other and work together towards a common goal, everyone has a much better time. I think that touches on something that I've discovered in a lot of alternative communities. We become a tribe. We develop this kind of tribe mentality of, hey, we're here for each other. We're not just the pull yourself up by your own bootstraps individualism. Mm -hmm. We're here together to work together and play together. And it's so much more freeing and just supportive of each other. It's like you do feel this, or I feel this sense of, hey, I, I'm valued here and I value those around me here. And and it's, it's a value that's deeper than in our mainstream society. It's like in mainstream society, we've got all these rules of etiquette and politeness. But in alternative communities, it's this genuine connection, this sense of, hey, I'm part of something bigger than me. Yeah, and like to me, the like, like, it it was really nice that people helped us out and did work to help us do what we were doing. But not only that, it was also problem solving. The first time, we didn't know that we were going to have to tear out the stage and we didn't have the tools that we needed. And people were able to go and get the tools that were necessary and and figure out what we needed and then get that the the second festival that we went to we had a shower system which wound up being really nice but there again we needed some tools that we didn't have on hand and we were able to crack down tools to to get everything set up and someone stayed with us for long enough to make sure it wasn't leaking any water so that we could leave the water on the whole time and we had to work at it a couple of times, but we worked at it long enough to get it to where it was right. And I think that coming together and solving problems together and making the thing work is really, really powerful. And that's one of the things about these alternative communities that, like, they become a collective. I remember I was walking by and I heard someone say, like, oh, I forgot my broom. And I just ran back to camp and I grabbed the broom and I let them use it and brought it back. And it, it might be little things like that or it might be a big thing. You never know what it is that people are going to need help with. But as long as you go into it with an open heart and you show up when you're needed the thing just works a lot smoother for everyone. Paul didn't mention that this was a inline hot propane run hot shower system, which we haven't had hot showers in Temple for since my other device got decommissioned because they were a little afraid of it. I used to heat the water in the fire pit through a pipe grid that ran to a an old well tank and it would bubble and gurgle and make all these weird noises. But I knew it was totally safe because I had like three pressure release valves on it. But they made me tear it out. But we had hot showers for years in Temple. And that was something that was very amazing because we had people come and use the hot shower all weekend long. And it's such so good to be able to offer gifts like that to, back to the community to 
say, hey, yeah, come on, take all the showers you need. Because <laughs> it is, I mean, especially when it's a bit chilly and you don't want a cold shower and you don't want a little sponge bath. You want a good hot shower. <laughs> so we were able to provide that for people. Yeah, and at places like this, everyone is sharing what they have. And it's really cool. Like you'll go and hang out around a fire and someone, oh, here, try this mead. It's really good. I remember at CMA there was someone who had made their own wine and they were sharing it. And like people are sharing things that they've made, that they're proud of. And we brought out a bunch of food to go with the ritual that we did at both places. And there were was dried meat and cheese and fruit. And like one of the things that's really nice about going to these events is there are just so many different experiences that we can share with each other. I remember one of my favorite parts of CMA, there was a ritual that was fuck 2020, fuck 2021. It was getting out all of your aggravation and anger towards a couple of shitty years. And we've all been through shitty things the last couple of years. And it was a chance for people to have this cathartic release of all of these negative things that we've burdened ourselves with or that we've been burdened with over the last couple of years. And that's one of my favorite things about paganism in general is you, you can have these rituals that are at the same time really powerful and strong and amazing and also kind of silly. Like people were laughing, but people were also like crying. And it was all of this all of these emotions all wrapped up in one and it was really, really powerful. And there are just so many different kinds of experiences that you get at places like this that are really powerful. I have to jump in here and add in that when we first got to CMA, the water was too high. It was flowing over the bridge to get into the property. And so we had to wait from about 12.30 was when we got there till 9 o'clock that evening. And instead of just sitting and waiting and grumbling about it, we're, people were passing out drinks and wine. One guy broke out his little set of, he had brought just tons of these little mini bottles of hard liquors and was pouring that everybody drinks and... <laughs> And it just, we had pre-festival on the other side of the bridge until they found the water finally went down low enough to where we could get across. And I thought that was just so magical that I can imagine how at more mainstream events, if something got held up for that many hours, people would be like cursing and getting upset. And But no, the alternative community, we bonded together and celebrated just being in the same place even though we weren't on the property yet it was it was really really cool i had a really good time i i may have indulged a little more than i should have that night but we were able to get into camp and set up our tents we didn't set up all the temple until the next day but we were able to unload the car and get everything set up pretty okay for only working for an hour or two before we wound up going to sleep. But it was like, and everyone had that same experience. And that's one of the things about these communities is when there's like a negative thing like that, everyone's going through the same thing. And it's kind of a bonding experience to have the shitty experience together. I've been to campouts where it's rained the whole weekend. There, uh, There's an event called Flipside that I've gone to a couple of times 
where it was called Floodside because it was just horrendous rain the whole time. But everyone like got together and partied in the rain and had a really good time and commiserated and bitched and grumbled. And people had fires where they were helping everyone dry their stuff. And we make do the best that we can. And going through the shared experience, whether it's super negative or super positive, it's bonding in either case. And when we get back from station break, I'll tell a little story. But we're already to station break. Wow, the time flies. <laughs> I do want to mention that we are running Aphrodite's virtual temple once a month online. And we do a Zoom call and have everybody participate. And for both November and December, we're going to do it a week early, just for the holidays, because... We don't want to get in. I know people are going out of town for Thanksgiving and going out of town probably for Christmas. Who knows? So we'll be doing it a week early. But if you want to enjoy and get virtual temples a little different than live temple, but there is still some of that bonding that occurs and some of that connection that you can feel and definitely can learn a lot and for November Paul's going to do his workshop on healing trauma at the virtual temple so if you're interested you have to sign up in advance go to ladyboytemple.com and I'm going to let Paul talk a little bit about the workshop and what what's involved with it so the workshop is on healing trauma, and I'm going to be sharing some personal anecdotes and inviting other people to share their personal anecdotes and sharing some of the coping mechanisms I've developed to help overcome my trauma and have other people share the things that they do to help them overcome their trauma. And it's going to be an interactive place. It's going to be a safe space. While I invite people to share during the workshop, I ask that everyone keep it a safe space by not sharing those stories outside of Temple. And we're going to be talking about some heavy things, and I'm going to invite people beforehand to let me know if there are any particular triggers that they have, and if you need to step away for a little bit, that is completely okay, and I'll try to give trigger warnings as I go through the workshop to make sure everyone is safe and okay and I don't trigger anyone. But I think it should be really, really beautiful and really amazing. And I look forward to hearing from you guys. Of course, participation is totally optional. You can come and just observe if you want to. I know some people aren't quite ready to jump right in. And that's totally okay. The one thing we do ask is that you observe actively. Put your energy back into the circle. Don't just take energy from the circle, so to speak. We don't want people just kind of sitting in the sidelines being kind of like vampires, sucking up all the energy. Put some of your energy back in. It can be just energy. It's an energy thing. It's hard to put into words exactly, but you can just smile and when something touches you in a good way or or give the kind of thumbs up or gesture that you participate in a way that's not challenging but supportive of the circle. Anything else you want to add before we go back to our topic? Um, so 
there are also ravenslayerleather.com and ggwilber.com. That would be ggwilbur.com. The first one is Gigi's old website where you can find links to our training videos. You can find links to our Patreon. You can find links to some of the other things that we do that will help uh, support the show. And then ggwilber.com is Gigi's sex coaching website. So if you're interested in getting some sex coaching sessions with Gigi, that would be the one to go to. Hmm. And back to Aphrodite's temple. <laughs> and we're kind of, this one's kind of wandering a little afield, but one time I went to Flipside and my knee was really bad shape that year. And it was muddy and a mess. And I think it might have been that rainy weekend. So a group of people decided they were going to take me around in a chariot. So we converted my wagon, one of those bigger wagons that you can haul stuff in. And we converted it into a little chariot, and we tied a rope to it where 10 people could pull me, and they took me all around Flipside. <laughs> and we got to one camp, and this one woman came running up, and she said, that is so wrong. And she, I said, what? She said, you don't have a speck of mud on your shoes. <laughs> I mean, everybody was covered in mud to their knees. And here I was with <laughs> my shoes on and not a speck of mud on me. <laughs> so it was kind of humorous at the time. <laughs> but anyway, I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about temple in general, because I've started Temple, and it was partly because I imagine, I read a lot in my early college years. I took this course on ancient religions, and some of those concerned ancient sex temples, where people would gather together and really delve deep into the spiritual side of sexuality. And also, it was a lot different than today. They had coming-of-age transitional rituals. They had rites of passage. And we're missing that in today's culture. And I think that's part of what Aphrodite's Temple does in modern times because we have had hand fastings we've had certain rites of passage rituals and i invite people to if they feel a need for that if they're coming on a major life transition we can design a ritual for that we've done it in the past and it's really kind of beautiful to be able to experience this whole acknowledgement of making a life transition. Would you like to jump in on that, Paul? Yeah. So, like, one of the things that is powerful to me about Temple is that we are able to support people wherever they are. And sometimes that looks like the kind of rituals that you're talking about, Sometimes that's education. Sometimes that's doing different other kinds of rituals. And I, you know, I think it's really, really powerful that we can be there for people in so many different ways. And the nice thing is we're also really flexible. If people need something out of temple and they express that need to us, we can look into what we can do to help facilitate whatever it is that the people are looking for. And I think I've seen 
people get so many different kinds of support out of Temple? Because I think sometimes people think Temple is just one or two things, but then after spending some time in Temple, they realize it's really a much more fluid and flexible thing than than they thought it was. Uh, and I've seen it have like powerful effect in a lot of people's lives, and it's really amazing to witness. That's something that I've done in the past at Temple. I've had people come up to me and say, oh, Gigi, I want to get hand-fasted, and we want to do a, a hand-fasting ritual, and part of the ritual, we want to draw down the sun and the moon, and and part of that ritual is the couple that's hand-fasted towards the end of the ritual, they actually draw down the sun and the moon and they have sex in the middle of everybody as the god and goddess. And it's such a beautiful ritual that we've lost in our modern-day culture to be able to have that freeing experience of that openness and and really dedicating our love to another person with witnesses and and creating that special bond to kind of start a, a whole new relationship. And hand fasting is a little different than marriage. It's hard to explain exactly, but it is a type of marriage, I guess you could say. But it's not like till death do us part kind of marriage. It's, I think, in some traditions, it was a hand fasting would last a year and a day, and then you could renew it if you both parties chose to do so. And things were a lot different. I mean, modern day marriage and love really kind of evolved in romance really kind of evolved from the Victorian era. Things were very different in other cultures. Marriage didn't really exist the way it does today. Yeah. I I, I think that, to me, like, one of the things that makes Temple so beautiful and magical is that we can bring the emotional side out of, of sex out. We can bring the spiritual side of sex out. I think that so many people think of sex, especially the kind of sex-positive, open, amorous, sometimes really slutty kind of sex that we promote at Temple. They think it's just this dirty, skeevy thing. And, like, it can be dirty, but it can also be extremely spiritual. It can also be very powerfully emotional. It's however the people involved approach it. And I think that it's really powerful. And I think that one of the things that is the most important thing that we do at Temple is give people permission to experience the kind of sex that they want uh, without without judgment, without criticism, and we offer a safe place to explore what that might look like. And I know that people have been surprised by what they got out of Temple. And I think that's one of my favorite things about being a temple worker is seeing that realization. And when we give people the permission to have the kind of sex that they want inside of temple, they take that permission out into the world and grant themselves permission to continue to experience that kind of sex when they're not at temple. There have been so many firsts for so many people in Temple. And I've been running Temple for over 25 years now. And 
I've had so many people come back sometimes years later and say they hadn't seen me in a few years and they come running up at an event and say, oh, Gigi, I've got to tell you, you changed my life so much. You changed my whole attitudes about sex and sexuality. I said, well, I didn't exactly change it. You did the work, darling. <laughs> I just gave you the container and the permission. You did it all. And it's so beautiful to see people just open up and realize that sex isn't this sinful act that is kind of preached out there by certain religions. It's a sacred act. And I think that's what I bring, the biggest gift I bring to Temple is that we consider sex a sacred act, no matter what form it takes, as long as it's between consenting adults. And it, I kind of throw in the BDSM, safe, sane, and consensual. <laughs> You know, as long as nobody's getting harmed or damaged. Um, now, we do have, we have had some pretty intense BDSM scenes where it hurt a lot <laughs> in good ways, but it was always safe and there's never harm done. And so sex and role play and just being able to explore. I remember one time a guy came up to me and he said, you know, I came to Temple, and for all my life, I had this deep, dark secret. And that night, you gave me permission to really explore this fantasy I had fully. And since then, I've been just liberated. And it's so freeing to, I thought this was so bad, and that I was the only one, and, and everybody got off to watching, and participating in this and it just transformed my life <laughs> i know so many people have just gotten so much out of it and so i wanted to kind of share some of these stories because and invite you to if you've never experienced something like this to come to the virtual temple or if you can come next spring when we do temple live again at esa or cma Come join us there. <laughs> One of the other things I really love about Temple is that we support all sexualities, all genders, all gender expression. We really provide a safe place for people to be themselves. And I think that while it's getting more common that there are places like that it's it's still can be hard to find a place that does accept you exactly as you are. I remember over the couple of events that we did, we had trans people. There was another intersex person that got to hang out with Gigi. If you haven't listened to our last po podcast, we were even able to interview them. And like we've always been a safe place for queer expression and queer sex and queer relationships. And I I think that it's um really, really beautiful and it it's really powerful to be a part of it. And we've even had the redneck Bubba Pagans, mm -hmm. straight cis white males. <laughs> we support you too. <laughs> we support every form. And as long as everybody comes in and is supportive of each other, we don't allow people to badmouth somebody. We keep it, Temple's a drama free zone, and I keep it that way. Yeah, I remember one time I met someone and I brought them to Temple, and at first they were shocked by some of the things that they heard. And I was like, no, you, you don't, that is completely okay. That is what the space is for. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that that person learned a whole lot that night. And they had 
a wonderful experience and it really helped them grow a lot and learn a lot. And I think that's another powerful thing that we do because we can introduce people to ideas and concepts that they've never thought about that might squick them out at first. But, you know, I know I had to do a lot of growing to get to where I am. And there are things that I'm really into now that really kind of grossed me out at first. Like, in fact, when I first started hanging out with people into BDSM, I didn't get BDSM at all. And it was through exposure and like meeting the people and realizing that it was helping them out a lot that I got comfortable enough to try it. And once I tried it, I have never looked back. And then there's the spiritual side. We've had some amazing experiences with spiritual. I mean, we did one night of ritual that's very special. It was on breaking taboos. And that was a very powerful ritual. A lot of people got a lot out of it. It was like, because we are so indoctrinated by our sex-negative culture and things are so off-limits sexually. And when you can name it, there is a power in naming. And then there's a power in reclaiming. And reclaiming our right to experience pleasure in whatever form is right for us. We don't push anything on anybody. It's not like, oh, if you come to temple, you have to get into BDSM. No. If you come to temple, you get into what chimes your bell. <laughs> you do what you enjoy, as long as it's consensual. I know as long as I've been coming to temple, I've seen a lot of people have really beautiful, amazing experiences and so varied, you know, people need different things when they come to temple and we seek to provide whatever is necessary for people. Sometimes they're having issues with accepting their own sexuality. Sometimes they're interested in like opening up to a new kink. I know that a lot of people have come to you for relationship advice on when there's a imbalance between partners. And I know that in every one of those cases, I've seen people get something positive out of the experience they've had there. And I think that's one of my favorite things about Temple is that we really can help with so many different kinds of issues because there's so many issues around sex. And if you, and like also we're there, like if you're not having an issue, if you just want to come and have a good time and you already know what makes you tick and you know that you're about it, like we're there for that too. It's really, really powerful. And I think... I've seen so many people get so many things out of Temple. I'm so proud to be a part of it with you. I would like to kind of clarify. I mean, we can definitely help out with short-term easy fixes, but for long-term issues that are going to take a lot of work, I'd also do sex coaching. And sometimes it's not an easy fix. And I'll let you know if it's going to take something more than what we can do on the spot, but just be prepared. We can't solve the big things. <laughs> we can do a lot to help smooth the waters, so to speak, and get things going and work out a lot of issues on the spot. But there are certain issues that need to go a lot deeper. And I know Paul's gone through some that we've worked on through the years and I've worked with other people on issues that had to go outside of the realm of temple, just one-on-one -on -one work. So that's available too. 
Anyway, we're at the top of the hour. Boy, the time flies by on these shows. Anything you want to add or closing? Any thoughts from your experiences with Aphrodite's Temple, either these last two, which I think for me were very special because we had been isolated for so long and so many people had been isolated so long. It was like this humongous fix of, oh, people again. <laughs> it's like, oh, we can talk, we can be in, in close, semi-close contact. We, I was a little bit careful during the running temple. I tried to, as much as possible to keep a little bit of social distancing. But I played with the Paul because we are living together. And a lot of people that played in Temple this time were people that were living together. They didn't, we, it wasn't like in pre COVID days where people could just play with anybody. <laughs> but it was still such a powerful experience. I think for me, it was such a change because we've been averaging four to six events a year and then to not have any for so long but going back and opening temple up again like especially since i think we really touched a lot of people's lives the last couple events it was so powerful and it was so it helped feed my heart and my soul so much and every time we run temple i am reminded of how important the work that we're doing is. And that I'm part of this work because I believe in it, because I've seen the tremendous and beautiful change that it can make in people's lives. And I and in my life. Oh yeah, definitely in my life. And I I'm proud to be part of temple and be and show up in other people's life the way that Gigi has showed up in mine. I think for me, I feel so privileged being able to run temple and being able to open the doors in a sex negative world. I feel in a way that I'm a part of bringing on a whole new age of sexual enlightenment to a lot of people's lives. And to me, that's a beautiful thing to be able to say, hey, I'm here, this is me, and welcome, and join in on the fun. And on some of it's a little bit scary at first, but open up and really discover where you want to go and discover what's really works for you sexually and on other levels too. It's not just about sex, although that's our main focus. Yeah, I love a good orgy, but I really love when we get small intimate groups and get into some of the more spiritual side. It's amazing where Temple can take you. And so I guess that's my closing thoughts is that Imagine a place you could go where you don't have to feel lonely, where you don't have to feel like you're the only one, that what you desire in your heart is something to be celebrated, not feared and shunned, that that deep, dark secret you've been hiding all your life, it's not that dark and it's not that bad. In fact, it's quite amazing. It's a sacred thing, at least for me it is. And so I guess my closing thought is that the goddess gave us genitals. The goddess gave us sexual bodies. And it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't something to Shun or, and she gave us the ability to have fantasies and to have desires 
And these are not something that's sinful or bad or something that's makes us alien or weird. It's what we were given. It's part of our makeup, part of our, uh, uh, it's, we're getting into the primal here. It's that primal part of us that calls us to do certain things, to, that gets our dicks hard and our pussies wet. It's like, oh yes, let me come and sit at that table. <laughs> so I welcome you to come and sit at the table at Aphrodite's temple. Have a good night and enjoy those nocturnal emissions. Enjoy the pleasures of the flesh. Experience the gift of the goddess. Have a good night. Good night. I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual.